0: of this world and we lift up especially to you this morning those who are struggling and wrestling with ongoing deep prayer requests father especially for those for which we have no answer but you do lord for healing for comfort for strength for all that is needed this morning to find in you the hope of life and the promise of eternity to know that there's coming a day that will usher in the end of time and the beginning of eternity as you know it. And for the rest of eternity, we will learn about the great love of God. May everyone come to that place where they know that that love is manifest through Christ. And we'll give you the praise and the glory for that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. You can be seated, amen you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5 this morning. And as you turn to Luke chapter 5, I uh, remembered what I forgot. Actually, somebody reminded me what I forgot. So before we get into the Word this morning, while you're turning to Luke chapter 5, go ahead and get ready. do do want to have uh, Matthew come up. Matthew, of course, is the chairman of the search committee. So we do want to give you guys just a, a brief update from the search uh, committee this morning. Matthew, sorry we forgot you a minute ago. Amen. <laughs> Just one of the most important things you'll ever do in the church, right?
1: (laughs) All right, good morning again. Um, I've just got a few things to say to you, and I even wrote myself a note. Mm -hmm. So, um, an update as to where we are as a search committee. We've sorted through resumes, we have contacted and engaged with our top candidates, and here's my most important request to you. You have been faithful for praying for us and with us through this time, you have been faithful supporting us through this time. Keep praying, keep supporting. God is at work. Keep praying for the man that God has already called to us. Um, This morning I was actually reminded of the faithfulness of God by a song. Surprise, surprise, the guy who's been in choir for over 20 years now. Man, that's okay, has been (laughs) inspired by a song, but there's a local band out of a local church from downtown Atlanta, and they're called House Fires, and they wrote a song together called Yes and Amen, and the I'm just going to repeat the chorus to you this morning. Faithful you are, faithful forever you will be, faithful you are. All your promises are yes and amen. So then I wondered, okay, so where is this in Scripture? So in 2 Corinthians 1, verses 18 through 20, it says, But God is faithful. Our word toward you was not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Silvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him is yes. For however many are the promises of God, in him is the yes. Therefore, also through him is the amen, to the glory of God through us. Amen. Amen. God has promised us he would call us a new chief shepherd. Amen. And he will. Amen. Thank you.
0: Amen. Thank you, Matthew. So please be much in prayer for them as they're getting into, they're, they're in the, as I said before, the last couple of weeks, they're in the meat of it, they're in the thick of it, and trying to weed it down, and they're meeting with people, as he said. So just uh, pray for wisdom, continue to be patient, and trust God. God has his timetable. We want to run on his, not ours. last thing we want to do is rush God. Amen. I actually think they did that a little bit in the book of Acts, but that's a sermon for another time, so uh, we'll save that. But I want to go to Luke chapter 5 this morning, because as we said last week, just want to start talking, just reminding us about and some encouraging things, reminding us about what it means to be the church. Last week we talked about the fact that we have the power to help men rise and walk before God. Amen. And so I appreciate all the encouragement and the kind words after last week. And this week I want to talk about uh, the call to service. I want to talk about what it means to be a fisher of men. I want to talk about the church's greatest responsibility. Uh, we're about uh, six weeks away from my second annual, say my annual conference, only the second year, and our theme this year is evangelism. Uh, And last year at the first conference, my pastor, Mike Parker, preached a message from this text, one of the best messages I've heard from it. Uh, And no, I didn't steal any of his uh, sermon notes this morning. I probably should have, but uh, preached about being a fisher of men. And so I want us to be reminded of the fact that now more than ever, in this day, in this age, in this world that we're living in, it's not the further away from the cross we get that makes this less important, but I think it makes it more important that you and I remember that our job And our most important responsibility is to show a lost and dying world that there is hope and life and redemption through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. That the gospel message is still the best news this world has ever heard, and there are people in this world who still haven't heard it or haven't heard it clearly. And we get the privilege of doing that. Amen? So whatever commitment a church makes, the one thing that she must not compromise on ...is a commitment to the gospel of Jesus Christ. With that in mind, Luke chapter 5 this morning. And we're going to start reading in verse 1. We're going to read down to verse 11... ...and then we'll we'll work our way through this this morning. Luke chapter 5. If you're there, say amen. Amen. All right, verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear him... uh, ...to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret... ...and he saw two ships standing by the lake... ...but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets... And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had finished speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a great catch. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net broke. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto them, Fear not, from henceforth you shall catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. What a beautiful passage. It's One of several instances in Scripture where the disciples went fishing. And Jesus had an experience with the disciples fishing and on the boat and boats and water and fishing kind of a recurring theme throughout the four gospels and later on don't, we don't want to get too excited about this passage we don't want to diminish it either because it says they forsook all and followed him and yet you and I know if we know our Bibles that after the crucifixion after Jesus had died and after they were unsure about the resurrection and what had happened the disciples went back to fishing not as a moment of obedience but as a moment of discouragement and the reality is they were just as discouraged after the crucifixion and even after the resurrection at times as they were right here, right now having toiled all night and having caught nothing. And I want to say to us, beloved, the one thing you and I can never forget is the key to everything we do in life is to make sure that Jesus is with us when we do it. Make sure that, that we know that what we're doing is what he has called us to do. So with that in mind, a couple of things I want to share with us this morning. First thing I want us to think about is the fact that we have been called to serve. In verses 1 through 3, you find a story where the, uh, Jesus looks and he sees that people are pressing on him uh, to hear the word of God. And he's backed up to the water. He's got nowhere to go except into the water. Now, he could have walked on water, but he just saved that for special times. Amen. But he backed up to the water and finally saw two empty boats. The fishermen were cleaning their nets. They to- hadn't caught anything. We'll find that out later. And Jesus says, uh, let, me get one, let me get in one of your boats. And they pushed out from the water just far enough to where the people couldn't press him anymore. And he taught them from a boat floating in the water. And the first thing I want you and I to notice, beloved, is that you and I have been called to serve. And I want to say to us this morning that every one of us has a boat and Jesus needs your boat. Amen. Amen. Every one of us has a boat and Jesus needs your boat. You and I, you and I the Holy Spirit wants to, to come alongside of us and with us and, and we just need to push out to wherever we need to push out or wherever we need to be to be the voice of Christ to a lost and dying world. These were men who were tired. They thought their work was done. They thought that the, uh, that the evening was over. And, and, and here's the thing, beloved, when our work is ending, you and I need to remember that God's work is just beginning. When you and I think we're done that we can't do more, that's when Jesus steps in and says, "Nope, we got, we got something else I want to show you. Amen. You might think you've learned everything, and bless your heart. That's, you know that's Southern, for Amen. y'all know that. Amen. Bless you. y'all know what bless your heart means. All right, well, let's just move on then. Amen. We might think that we're done. We might think we've learned everything, but no, there's still something God wants us to do, and there's still something you and I can learn. Amen. And so you and I, beloved, we have a boat, and he wants to use us. When we we think our work is ending, Jesus is just beginning. And here's what God needs. I want you and I to understand this morning. God needs every boat on the water. Amen. You don't get to say, God doesn't need my boat. You got a boat? God needs it. Amen. So what's my boat? Well, I don't know. What's your job? These guys were fishermen. What's your job? Are you a mechanic? Be a mechanic for Jesus. Amen. Are you a computer operator? Be a computer operator for Jesus. Amen. What's your boat? What's your job? That's your boat. Say amen. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are in life right now, God has placed you there strategically and specifically to be the person through whom the voice of Christ will speak to somebody that nobody else can reach. Amen. Jesus needs your boat. Every boat on the water. Every church member working. In too many churches today, there are too many idle boats sitting by the seashore. And boy, what a wonderful thing it would be. I, I think about this. It is a rare thing when the multitudes press to hear the Word of God. This is a unique story. But remember, Jesus is there. They're pressing to hear the Word of God, but they're pressing to hear it from Jesus. You want to know how to get people in the church? You want to know how to get people excited about going to church? It's not when they're coming to hear the preacher, but when they're coming to hear from Jesus. Amen? It's not when they're coming to meet the preacher, but to hear the preacher preach about Jesus. Amen? It's not when they're coming to hear the choir, but when they're coming to hear the choir sing about Jesus. Amen? You want to get people in church? Then they need to know that everything that's being done is centered on the Word of God, and Jesus is the one that's fueling that. Amen. And 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 I long for the day. And there are still places in the world where people are thirsting, and they're they're flocking to hear the Word of God. They don't want the latest convention, the latest gimmick, the latest. To- people need Jesus boy, when a church commits to preaching Jesus, when you commit to using your boat for Jesus, when we're preaching the word of God and it's all about Jesus, the multitudes will still come to hear the word of God. Amen. That's the first thing. Here's the second thing this morning. Look at verse 4 and 5. Here's the challenge. See, we've been called to serve, but here's the challenge. Verse 4, when he finished speaking, he said, Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we've told all night we've taken nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. What's the challenge to service? What is the challenge for us? The challenge, beloved, is when you and I think we've failed. You and I think we get so discouraged. That, that, that will hit, Every Christian, it'll hit us without us even knowing it. Amen. It's when you, and I, when you and I actually look at God and say, we've already tried that. We've already done this. And, and, and can I just say as lovingly as I can, Jesus could care less. <laughs> what we've already tried and what we've already done, that's in the past. It's not what we didn't do or failed to do yesterday. It's what he wants us to do today and tomorrow that matters. Amen. Say amen. amen. See, so here these disciples are discouraged, and Jesus says to them, as they've been fishing all night, and they, they tell them point blank. So he says, launch out into the deep, let down your nets for a draft. And Simon actually looks at Jesus and says, you know, I'd love to do that, Lord. However, <laughs> we've tried that, and we haven't had any luck. They seem to have failed. They toiled all night, and as one preacher said, they toiled all night, and they came back with only tired muscles and torn nets. But there's no failure to that man who is willing to make his stumbling blocks into stepping stones. I'm going to say that again. There is no failure to the person who turns their stumbling blocks into stepping stones. Beloved, I want you to know this morning that the devil wants to discourage you. Jesus wants to encourage you devil wants you to quit. J- Jesus wants you to keep trying, keep going, do it again, do it again, amen. I, I got a little plaque in my office, I don't remember what it says now, but it roughly says that uh, the man, uh, that the, 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 he is not a failure uh, who, 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 who fails. You're not a failure if, if, if you don't succeed. He, he's a failure who stops trying. Amen. I probably need to go back and read that quote again, amen. <laughs> but we don't fail when we don't succeed at something. We fail when we stop trying. And so, beloved, there's always going to be something new, something different, some way. And so there's a couple things I want to look at here to to encourage us about this this morning. Um, uh, First thing I want you and I to consider this morning is that Jesus wanted them to fish in an unlikely place. Let me give you a couple of things here. There's two types of fish. There's different ways you can fish. There's shallow water fishermen. There's deep water fishermen. There's cast fishermen, where you can either cast a rod and reel, or you can even cast a net. And then there's what you call drag fishermen. So this is important, because in this story, the disciples had told all night they hadn't caught anything. Jesus is going to tell them two things. Number one, he's going to tell them, launch out into the deep. And number two, he's going to tell them to drop their nets. Now, we don't know what kind of fishermen they were. I've heard preachers say that this was a difficult thing for them to do because they weren't deep water fishermen. Jesus said launch out into the deep, but they were shallow water fishermen. We don't know that. Jesus said let down your nets, but they weren't drag fishermen. They were cast fishermen, but we don't know that. The only thing we know is when discouragement comes, it doesn't matter what you've tried before, any reason to be discouraged will be good enough until Jesus shows up. And when Jesus shows up, it doesn't matter whether he tells you to do the same thing you've been doing or something completely different. The difference is when Jesus is behind it, you're going to have results that honor and glorify God. Amen. And so i got a couple things to share with us. First of all, he did tell them to launch into an unlikely place, the deep. On the Sea of Galilee, most of your fish were caught in shallow waters. There was deep water fishing, but most of your fish were caught in shallow waters. Jesus tells them, launch out into the deep. He tells them, go into a place you've never gone before. Perhaps, maybe, I don't know, but he says, launch out into the deep. The fact that he says, launch out into the deep, means go out into that place that goes down to depths that you and I can't even see. Do you realize that they still tell us that 75% of the uncharted land on the earth is underwater? that the oceans are still the one thing that we know the least about, what's down in the depths. There are trenches and there are, there are places in the sea and in the ocean around the world that are so deep that you can't get down there, and we don't have the technology yet to know what is deep down in the bottom. And, beloved, I'm going to tell you that what man doesn't know, God knows. And there are things that you and I haven't tried yet. There are ways to reach this world without, without being gimmicky, but just living in obedience to Jesus that will put us out in deep places we've never thought about going before. And I'm going to tell you right now, beloved, your search committee's doing their job. God's got a man for you, and I promise you, I've been praying for that man. I've been praying for that man. That man comes, that he's going to be a man who's going to put you out into the deep. Amen. And glory to God. Now, he's going to go with you. Amen. 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 But I'm praying that this church would be a church that that, that God does things that you haven't even thought about. And, And we did the church memories workshop and we looked at all the great things that God has done in the history of First Baptist Church of Mableton. And I'm excited about that. But you know what excites me more is all the things he's yet to do. And it's coming, beloved. It's coming when you get your new shepherd. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He said launch out to the deep. Let me give you some statistics real quickly. Do you know this, beloved, that not many people actually get saved in church? 1% of people who accepted, this is from the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association now, right? Billy Graham, Evangelistic Association, everything he used to do, right? 1% of people who come to faith in Christ said that they did it through a crusade. 1% said they did it through a program or a ministry in the church. 4% were saved through the Sunday school program in the church. 5% of people get saved. Five out of every hundred people who profess faith in Christ did it because they walked in the doors of a church, heard a message, and got saved in the church just by walking into church. Eight percent were saved through the pastor. Ninety two out of a hundred people that get saved had nothing to do with the pastor. Amen. Seventy six percent of the people who got saved said, they were saved as the direct result of a friend or a relative telling them about Jesus. Three out of four people who get saved get saved because of your boat. Amen? Amen. Beloved, they're, 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 you don't, don't you think for one minute that you, I don't know how to share my faith. I can't do I can't. I don't know. I don't know. Just You just need to be you. You just need to know what God has done for you. And you just need to tell other people about it. Amen. Now, the beauty of that is it all works together. When you do your job and the Sunday school does their job and the preacher does his job and the programs in the church are doing their job, these numbers, people come into the church and they find out that everywhere they turn, they're getting confronted with Jesus. At some point, they go, I, you know, maybe I better believe, amen? I heard the story about a man, The church man, they did church visitation every week, knock on his door, and he kept telling me he'd come to church. He never showed up in church. Finally, one day, they knocked on his door, and he said, said, when are you going to, he said, when are you all going to stop knocking on my door? Y'all come every week. I keep telling you I'm going to come to church. I don't ever come, but you keep knocking on my door. When are you going to quit knocking on my door? And they said, when you come to church. Came to church, and he got saved. Hallelujah, amen. Sometimes we just got to point people to Jesus and keep pointing them to Jesus and don't ever stop, beloved. We need to get out into the deep. We need to experience the impossible that only God can do. We need to launch out into an unlikely place. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> not only that, but possibly at an unlikely period. Not only not only did they not only did they go out into the deep. But it was the daytime. These were, these were then that This much we're pretty sure about. Most of the fishing on the Sea of Galilee was done at night. And here it is the daytime. Jesus says, launch out into the deep in the middle of the day and catch fish. Catch them when they're asleep. Right? Yeah, y'all, you fishermen, any fishermen here? All right, all right. Okay, either you don't want to admit it or amen. <laughs> I heard Red, Skel- Red Skelton, the cl- great comedian. Love Red Skelton. Nobody liked it. Red Skelton used to talk about the first time he ever went fishing. The first fish that he ever caught was about that far from the bank. Some of y'all will get that about lunchtime. Amen. <laughs> he told him to launch out in the middle of the day. Now, if you know anything about, if you know any, if you're a fisherman, you know anything about it. You know that they actually, and they still put this on the news, the Fish and Game Report. You know what they will tell you? They will tell you the best times of day to go catch fish. I want to tell you they are lying. <laughs> I have gone when that report said go, and I've still come home empty-handed. Hallelujah. Amen. But, beloved, I'm going to tell you, when Jesus tells you to fish, it's because there's fish there. I'm going to say that one more time. That's not in my notes. That's free. That one just came to When Jesus tells you to fish, it's because there's fish there. Amen. And, beloved, you and I need to be willing to go... And it doesn't matter how you fish, where you fish, what time you're used to fishing. When you get discouraged, there's no excuse that's good enough. When Jesus says, you go here even though you've never gone there before. You go at this time even though you've never done it at that time. You do it this way even though you've never done it that way. When Jesus tells us to do it, I guarantee you there are fish to be caught. Amen. So an unlikely period. And I love this. John chapter 9, verse 4. Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Romans 13 says that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. The day is at hand. And the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Amen. Right now there are people who are waiting to hear, but they won't hear it unless you and I Let Jesus have our boat. So we don't say when things get bad enough, I'll get busy. No, we need to get busy now. And honestly, beloved, how much worse can it get? What are we waiting on as the church of Jesus Christ? Amen? Now, unlikely period, but not only that. An an unlikely place, an unlikely period. But then an unlikely person. Jesus. Unlikely. Because he's Jesus? No. Because he's a carpenter. Telling fishermen how to fish. Amen. I don't come to your workplace. Until, amen. <laughs> but Jesus said, but now, I got, all right, so this is what I, unlikely place, the deep, an unlikely period, the daylight, unlikely person, I got a good one for you, duh. Y'all remember that? When I was growing up, that's what you said when somebody said something dumb, Right? They asked a dumb question. So there's no such question as dumb. Only dumb question is the question that's never asked. That's not true. I can tell you there's dumb questions. Amen. But here Jesus said, launch out, do this. There's a carpenter telling him how to fish. Now, the problem with that is this carpenter happens to be Jesus. So, duh, you're going to do what Jesus tells you to do. Beloved, there's only one choice when we don't do. We either do what Jesus tells us to do, we either follow him, or we live in disobedience. That's a D we don't want. Amen? Amen? Okay. I don't want to live in disobedience. Now, the reality is there's disobedience in our life that we don't know about yet, but once God shows me, I want to get it right, and so should you. Amen. So, an unlikely person. Carpenter telling a fisherman where to fish, and boy, howdy, does he tell them how to fish. And does he tell them where. Until you and I realize that after our best efforts have failed... And we realize that you and I do not have all the answers. And we really don't even know the right questions to ask. We will never see the fullness of blessing from the master and the maker of the sea and all the fish that's in it. Amen. Jesus knew where to tell him how to fish because Jesus put the fish there. Jesus knows. Jesus knows who you and I are to reach out and love and tell Jesus, the master and maker of all creation, every human being who ever lived. Jesus who says that all life is precious. Jesus who died on the cross so that anyone who puts their faith in him could become a child of God tells us to go out and find those people right now who are hungry and hurting and don't even know what's causing it. And we have the answer, and the answer is Jesus. Amen. And so, an unlikely person. By the way, I don't know about you, but... I know a lot of people who've called themselves fishermen and <laughs> never caught a fish. <laughs> uh, you, you can be a, you, I think there's a difference between fishing and being a fisherman. I, I want to ten, be tender here. How many fish do you have to catch to be a fisherman? Amen. Well I can tell you right now, first fish I ever caught, I was a fisherman. Amen. I've caught more than one fish in my lifetime. I haven't caught much more. I'm not going to tell you how many hands it would take to tell you how many fish I've caught. But I've fished. I've caught fish. I like fishing. I'll do it again. And that's all you need to know. Amen. And with that in mind, there's nothing I enjoy more than when I get an opportunity to tell somebody about who Jesus is and what he's done for me and what he can do for them. And, beloved, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to tell a lot of people and a lot of them are going to just, they're going to walk away. They're not going to, but, beloved, I want, to get, I want to make this even more beautiful and even more wonderful than that. See, beloved, the reality is because of the nature of a human soul and the resistance to the gospel and how strong sin is, Jesus, in this story it's beautiful because he said let down your nets for a draft and they're going to catch a great draft. And when God, when God, we'll get to that in a minute, but you individually sometimes, beloved, they're going to go out there and I'm going to tell you that obedience comes from fishing, not from catching the fish. See, in this story, the obedience, when they obeyed him and they dropped the nets, they caught the fish. You want to know why some of us have never caught a fish, never led anyone to Christ? Why we, it's because we haven't even tried. Do you know how many church members, do you know the statistics? I told you that 75% of people who come to faith in Christ come because a friend or relative invited them. But do you also know that the statistics tell us that 75% of church members never invite a friend or a relative to church? That's staggering it gets quiet for a reason. Amen. No, beloved, you got a boat. God wants to use you. Fish. No serious fisherman expects or waits for the fish to jump in the boat. I don't know about you, but when I've gone fishing, I never walked out, never went out a boat, never went out to the shore, never whistled, here, fishy, fishy, and they just came to me. That's not how it works. Amen. I can tell you, I can tell you it doesn't work with deer hunting either. In fact, that has quite the opposite effect. Amen. But with fishing, because that's what we're preaching on this morning, keep it, keep it, amen. Squirrel. Amen. Where was I? Fish don't just jump in the boat. You got to go get them. Amen. Fishing takes work. And here, here the fish, uh, 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 one preacher said desperate times call for desperate measures. Well, sometimes you just, need to just, just, you just need to fish. By the way, no hungry fisherman stays in the same empty spot. That's what was so neat. They went, whatever happened here, they said, we've toiled all night. But we don't know. Did they go to the same place? Were they shallow water fish? We don't know. The only thing that matters is that Jesus told them where to go, how to do it. They did it, and they caught fish. Amen. i got to move on. An unlikely procedure. Let down your nets for a draft. Now, I love this. Oh, boy, look at this. Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. An unlikely procedure. Let them down. Just drop your nets. Just just let your nets in the water. No casting, no work. We've toiled all night. I'm not asking you to toil. I'm telling you, just put your net out there. Got your boat. We're out here in the water. Now just let your net down. And let your net do the work. Amen? And so an unlikely procedure. Now notice this. He says, let down your nets for a draft. He didn't say, go get new nets. He didn't say, let's go back to shore and get better nets. He said, let down the nets you have. What you have right now. So well, preacher, I'll be a fisher once I get the right tool. You have everything you need right now to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You have the boat, you have the nets, you have everything you need, but oh this is this is boy, I want you to notice this. God expects us to use what we have. And I wrote this, I got this in my notes. God used the stuttering, stammering Moses. He used Gideon, the least in his father's household. He used David, a boy overlooked by his own father to be the king of Israel. He used a little boy with five loaves and two fishes. He used shamgar with an ox goad. I don't even know what that is, but man, that's good, Amen. You have a circle of people that only you can reach. You have your opportunities. You have your jobs. But you have to let down your nets. And can I just go ahead and say, beloved, you don't think you have a net. You don't think you have a tool. You don't know where to start. Here's some nets right there. Got them out there. You can leave this morning. I'm going out to eat after church, son. We're going to go out to eat. This Sunday. Where are we going to go eat? Some of you have already been talk about that. Where are we going to go eat after church? Send service is over. Where are we going to go out to eat? I don't know. But are you going to take a net with you? Amen. Leave that waitress a tip. Put it in a net. Amen. Make it a decent tip. Amen. If you're going to fish, you've got to fish with the right bait. Amen. Christians, I mean, it amazes me. We'll leave a tract on the table and a two cent tip and expect them to think about the generosity of Jesus. Come on, we can do better than that. Amen. Little boy was fishing. Old man was fishing. He wasn't having any luck. Little boy comes out, sits down beside him, starts fishing. Throws his fishing pole in the water, throws, boom, catches a fish right away. The old man thinks, huh, beginner luck. Throws out another one, boom, catches another fish. The old man turns around and says, All right, son, I've been fishing all day. I haven't caught anything. What's your secret? And the little boy mumbles, all right, well, maybe he doesn't want to tell me. Little boy throws his, boom, catches another fish just like that. Old man turns, please, young man, tell me what's your secret. A little bit louder this time, but he still mumbled. He just really doesn't want to tell me what his secret is. He throws it back, boom, catches another fish just like that. Finally, the old man puts his pole down and says, Young man, you have got to tell me what your secret is. I've been fishing all day, caught anything. You don't caught five fish. What is your secret? And the little boy goes, You got to keep the worms warm. got to use, beloved, you got to use the right bait. We got to be warm. We got to be, when we talk to people about Jesus, there's a way to do it. Amen? I got to get you past the worms now, don't I? Amen? Well, here's the compromise of service. I want you to look at this. Two more things and we'll be done. Here's the compromise of service. I want you to look at this. Jesus said, let down your... Nets for a great catch. First of all, what is a great catch to you? One, 100, 150, what's a great catch to you? Amen. Jesus said, let down your nets. But look what Jesus said. Or look what Peter says. Simon said, we've answered, we've told all the night, we've taken nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Just the one. Jesus said, let down all of your nets. They let down one Net. now beloved that's a start amen amen but when jesus tells you to let down everything you got you need to let down everything you got give it all you got amen don't make an excuse for the nets or for what you're doing let down your nets plural the compromise of service is this they they, they let down their one net and when they did this they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and the net broke I I wish there was more to this story. I wish it said, and Jesus looked at them and said, I told you to let down the nets. But he didn't do that, and he didn't have to do that, because they realized it. It says they beckoned unto their partners in the other ship, said, hey, get out here quick. There's fish out here. And they came with the other ships, and they let down their nets. And it says they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. Now they got a whole new problem. By the way, a whole lot of churches want to go fishing Till you get too many fish in the church. You get the wrong kind of fish in the church. Oh, oh, we're fishing, but we're going to go fishing. then all of a sudden the church starts to get full. And Sometimes that's what we think. We feel like we're sinking. But, beloved, I'm going to tell you, when the nets are full when the church is full you ain't going to sink because when the church is full and the commitment is to Christ and the commitment is to preaching the commitment is to being fishers of men it doesn't matter how full the church is no church will sink cuz god's going to hold it up amen here's the last thing <laughs> the completeness of service verse 6 through 11 we already seen they let down their nets they back in verse 8 he fell down, Simon Peter fell down at Jesus' knees, said, depart from me from a sinful man, O Lord. He was astonished, everyone with him, at the draft. I love this. He was astonished and all that were with him at the draft of fishes what they had taken. Why were they astonished? Jesus told them, let down your nets for a great catch. They got a great catch, and they were surprised. Now, to be fair, they hadn't been walking with Jesus very long. Amen. But they should have been with him long enough to know. That when he said that if you'll do this, this will happen, that's what was going to happen. Beloved, I want to ask us the question this morning to finish this out, to round out the completeness of our service. How long have we been walking with God and have we not yet learned? What is it in our life that's keeping us from realizing that when Jesus says he wants to do something in our life and mine, he means it, amen? And what he wants to do in your life and mine is more than you and I can even begin to imagine. So much so that 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 when he does something, it's still going to be astonishing. But it ought to be astonished. It ought to be astonishing that 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 we couldn't do it, but that only God can. But we shouldn't be astonished that God, what God said he was going to do, he did. Amen. And they were astonished. And 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 so also James and John, which are with him, and, and Jesus said unto them, Fear not, from henceforth you shall catch men. I got news for you. This little lesson, this isn't about fish. This is about people. Because people have a soul. And Jesus is on his way to a cross. In just a few short years, he's going to go. He's going to shed his blood. He's going to die. Why? To create the greatest net that this world has ever known called the gospel. And you know the gospel. You know that word means good news. And beloved, there is only one gospel. There is only one good news that this world needs. And it's the good news that Jesus is not a way. Jesus is the way. Hallelujah. And so they had broken nets and sinking ships. But I'm going to tell you, when God starts moving, I want you to notice that, I want you to notice, I love this, I love this. They called for the helpers, they came, they grabbed the nets, it seemed that so they could get back to shore with all the fish, everything that's happening. I want to tell you, beloved, when God begins to move, there's no time to fuss, there's no time to argue, fish are coming into the boats, amen. You want to know why so many churches live in a state of discouragement and, and disagreement and fussing and arguing? It's, it's, because, it's because they aren't fishing. Get busy fishing. Let Jesus start filling the boat. We won't have time to fuss and argue with each other. Amen? That's free. I'll move on. Oh, Peter said, Lord, I'm a sinful man. And we are. We are. But we're sinners saved by grace. And you've been given a boat, and we have the net. All we need to do is launch out. Wherever he tells us, whenever he tells us, and use the net that he's given us. All the time when we go out into that world and we tell every sinner I meet, so let me tell you how God, well, what about you? I already know what Jesus has done for me. I know how he saved me. I know how he's taken an old wretched sinner and turned him into a child of God and he wants to do the same thing with you. I can tell everybody, I can tell you, you can tell me, we all have stories of how different our life is since we met Jesus. Beloved, the key is we don't need to sit in the church and have a fishing conference. We need to go fishing. Amen? We need to get out there and we need to tell the people who don't know yet who Jesus is and what he can do for them. We need to come back to the place where the church is never surprised by God, but always astonished. I'm going to say that again. I'm almost done. The church needs to come to the place where she is never surprised by God, but always astonished. See, it's not that I can't believe that God did that. It's I can't believe God did that through me. But that's what grace is. Amen. And that's why God needs your boat and my boat and every boat. Expect God to be moved to move. And beloved, you and I ought to be deeply concerned when he does not. Henceforth, you will catch men. And then when they brought their ships to land, they forsook all. And they followed him. So, beloved, I want to ask you a couple questions this morning quickly and we're done. Number one, where's your boat? What's your boat? And where's your boat? That's actually two questions. It's a boat question, so we're going to make it one. Amen. What's your boat? What's your talent? What is your strength? And what are you doing with it? Are you using your boat? Do you know that God wants to use this one? Number two, do you know that your net, the only net you need, is a perfect net and it will catch sinners it is the net of the gospel and it is woven together by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ amen and I'm going to tell you I want a picture boy I could do this I'm not going to do this right now but if I wanted to we can't do it because COVID I might do it anyways but I won't but what I could do right now is I could have every one of us stand up in this room and I could have us stand side by side and lock arms together and every time we lock our arms together And I could do it so that we made a big circle around this room. And as we stood there, locked arm in arm together, that's what the net looks like. Amen? And I could tell you, and you can see it in your mind, what it looks like when somebody says, but I don't, God doesn't need me. He doesn't need my boat. And you got every, and there's a hole in the net. Because you got one church member that says, not, not me, no beloved, everybody, amen? God wants to use you and he will use you. And I want to ask you this this morning. Do you know? Do you know that God died for you, that Jesus paid the price for you? Do you know that he's your savior? If not, then this morning you can, you can know that. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Let's bow our heads. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. We're going to pray and I want you to think about these things. Now the altar's open. We've already had our prayer time, but you can still come and kneel at the altar. You want to come this morning, the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. You want to yield your boat. You want to come and say, God, use me. If you're here this morning, you say, I, I, I'm one of those people that maybe I've, I've, I've been running. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know who God is or what he's done for me. I don't understand this gospel, but I want to know more. Come this morning and let me know. But during the service, the invitation after, don't leave without asking somebody to tell you who Jesus is and what he's done for you. If we're here this morning, and you can pray right where you are, you don't have to come to the altar. The Holy Spirit knows our hearts this morning. But do you know and believe this morning that when God sends his new chief shepherd to this church, that he not only wants that chief shepherd and has appointed that chief shepherd to be the head fisherman, but he wants everyone in the church fishing together. And casting the biggest possible net across Mableton and to the ends of the earth with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Will you let that be your prayer this morning? Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this service. Thank you for who you are, for what you do in our lives. Thank you for making us fishers of men. Thank you that someone found us, that someone went fishing and gave us the gospel. Lord, thank you for what it means to be a child of God and that you've chosen us and you'll use us in service Lord help us to be the people you've called us to be and help this church to test a bigger net